1: God's people would not operate under man-made laws, but would operate under God-made laws.
0: Pretty straightforward, isn't it? And nothing has changed over the centuries, pre-cross or post-cross. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Today we begin an excursion through Exodus chapter 20. We'll focus in on the Ten Commandments. Ten Keys to an Abundant Life is the title of our series. As we begin our time together today, we do so focusing in on the first three commandments. And they are indeed very God-centered. Won't you join us again, Exodus chapter 20. This is where we catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the
1: Highlands in San Bruno. In today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Well, I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles and open to Exodus chapter 20 today. Now, our congregation has begun a, a series of studies in the Old Testament to learn about this rich heritage we have, been, as Christians, have received. Christianity is a belief system that traces its history back through Christ, King David, Abraham, Noah, and to the promise of the seed given to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of that promise in the fullness of his time. And the scripture that was written before the advent of Christ we call the Old Testament. Now, we don't call it the Old Testament because it is antiquated or inactive, but rather to distinguish it from the scriptures that were written after the advent of Christ. New Testament theology and doctrine was not created in a vacuum. The principles recorded for us in the scriptures were introduced throughout the Old Testament. And in studying the Old Testament, we enjoy a greater appreciation for and understanding of the scripture of the New Testament. When we gathered last, we were looking at Exodus chapter 16, in which is recorded for us, God providing for his people the manna in the morning and the quail in the evening for the 40 years that they traveled through the wilderness. The manna was God's provision for life. And we find that there is a correlation in the New Testament because Jesus is identified as the bread of life, the true bread of life, not just for time, but also for eternity. Now, our primary focus today is the Ten Commandments and found in chapter 20. So if I may, I'd like to summarize the chapters between 16 and 20. In chapter 17, God is Israel's provider and protector. God provides water from a rock that is struck by Moses. And then when the Israelites are attacked by the Amalekites, Joshua is sent into battle and Moses stands on a hill with his arms upraised. As long as his arms are upraised, the Israelites were winning. When his arms tired and began to drop, the Amalekites would win. Standing to either side of him or around him was Aaron and Hur, And so, what they did is they realized it was going to be a long battle. They put a stone under Moses so he could sit through the heat of the day, and they held his arms up so that by the end of that day, the Israelites had won that battle. In Exodus chapter 18, Moses is visited by his father in law, Jethro. Uh, When Moses had spent the 40 years in the wilderness, he married uh, Zipporah, who was the daughter of this Midian priest and king named Jethro. And so, Jethro, the father-in-law, is coming to visit Moses. He's heard about all of the great things that God has done. He wants to see it. He wants to hear it personally. And while he's out there, he has a taste of what it's like an, a typical day in the, in the life of Moses. Verse 13, Moses is, is out there, and from early in the morning till late at night, there's this line of people. Remember, there's about two or three million people out in the wilderness that keep coming to me because of some kind of disagreements and so forth. And so um, Jethro says, what's this all about And Moses says, well, the people come to me uh, to seek God's will. And in verse 20, we have the first case of of a business consultant coming on. Jethro comes in and says, you know, there's a better way of doing this. Let me propose it to you. Why don't you teach them the decrees and laws and show them how to live and then set up a court system? So that if they have a disagreement, uh, they can go to a local judge. And if it's too difficult, they'll go to a higher judge. And ultimately, if it's very difficult, it'll, it'll show up in your courtroom. And so we have the foundations of a court system that is actually the foundation of America's judicial system recorded for us here in the 18th chapter of Exodus. Exodus. Now, in order for this uh, system of delegated courts to work, a universal standard, a code of behavior, had to be established. For instance, it would not work if you were to steal a loaf of bread and stand before one judge, and he would simply slap you on the hand. But if you were to stand before another judge, stealing a loaf of bread would be a capital, uh, capital offense. So then it brought up the question, well then, where is this code of behavior to come from? The answer to that question is provided for us in chapter 20. God's people would not operate under man-made laws, but would operate under God-made laws. And chapter 9 explains and describes something that makes the Ten Commandments and the commandments that follow the Ten Commandments unique in all of the history of mankind. Because these were not uh, the devices that were developed by any kind of government or king or sovereign. These were laws that were given to us by God. And furthermore, we also have the only recorded incidents in the Scripture where God appeared to a whole nation, to the whole nation of Israel, so that there would be no question that these laws were given by God. Now, why did God give us the Ten Commandments? Well, let me propose to you that He gave them to us to help us and not hurt us. He didn't give them to us to hamper us, but rather to release us. And He didn't give them to punish us, but rather to protect us. In the uh, beginning of this chapter, God says, I am the God that has taken you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And God didn't take his people out of one slavery simply to give them into another form of slavery. And yet there are some believers who think of the Ten Commandments as being just another form of slavery. But I want to propose to you, God gave the Ten Commandments for our own good. Now, if I tell a child, do not touch the hot stove, is that for the benefit of me or the child? It's the benefit of the child, is it not? And whenever God says don't in the scriptures, it's not for his benefit, it's for ours. He is trying to protect us from hurt. Now, God designed his entire system with certain laws. Uh, One example of a law that he uh, created was the law of gravity. Now, the law of gravity... If you try to ignore it, you're liable to hurt yourself. You have to cooperate with it. If you're jumping out of a 10-story window, it doesn't matter if you don't believe in the law of gravity. You're liable to get hurt. Now, there are also spiritual laws that, that are at work. And, and God wants to have us learn about these spiritual laws not by having them break us or injure us, but he's trying to establish these are the boundaries within which you can enjoy a safe and happy life. These are not the ten suggestions, and they're not, the, the, they're not optional. They are the ten commandments. And God says if you keep these commandments, things will go well in life. And if you don't keep these ten commandments, it's going to hurt. Now, psychiatrists thought that uh, they'd try something new in the 60s. They thought that having any kind of boundaries on the human did not allow the human to experience the fullness of life and all of their potential. And so what they did is on certain campuses across the United States, they decided that they would take down the fences in the playground because those fences were constrictive to the kids. The kids could only see the fence. They couldn't see outside of the fence. They couldn't see their world. They couldn't, et cetera, et cetera. They wanted to expand the horizons of the kids, And so what ended up happening is you had two categories of people. You had the category of people who got into trouble by going where they weren't supposed to go because uh, there was no fence there. And if there had been a fence there, less of them would have gotten into trouble. And then you had the rest of the children who huddled together insecurely in the middle of the playground because they weren't quite certain where the boundaries were and where it was safe to play. God wants us to know where the boundaries are and where it's safe to play, where it's safe to live. And that's why he has given us the Ten Commandments. God established his laws for the good and the prosperity of all. Now, you may have heard some teachings along the lines of, well, the Ten Commandments don't apply to Christians because we live in an era of grace or something like that. Have you heard that? That era of grace argument? I had somebody on the phone within the last two weeks call me and say, well, such and such doesn't apply because we live in the era of grace. Well, let's take a look and see if that is a valid way of perceiving the Ten Commandments in the Scriptures. Let's see. Uh, A Christian is a follower of Christ, right? So a Christian is a follower of Christ's example. And a Christian is a follower of Christ's teaching. Make sense? So let's look at what Christ has to say About the Ten Commandments and the Law. Jesus says in Matthew 5 Think not that I am come to destroy the Law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Unless there's any question about what Jesus thinks about the Ten Commandments, he answers that for us in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5.21. He says, "You You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you're liable to judgment. If you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. And Jesus said, You've heard it said, Uh, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, does that sound like Jesus was negating or terminating the Ten Commandments to you? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Jesus was validating the Ten Commandments. And Jesus was saying, in effect, if you think you've kept the Ten Commandments, think again. Because if you've ever thought about breaking one of the Ten Commandments, you are as guilty as if you had broken that commandment. Paul writes for us in Romans 3, 19 and following. He says, obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose, if you ever wondered what the purpose of the Ten Commandments, the law was, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses. I'm a parent. What is the most common excuse a parent hears? I didn't know. Right? Its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to bring the entire world into judgment before God. For no one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what his law commands. For the more we know God's law, the clearer it becomes that we're not obeying it. But now God has shown us a different way of being right in His sight, not by obeying the law, but by the way that was promised in the Scriptures long ago. We're made to be right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we can all be saved in this way, no matter who we are or what we have done. So the law, as
0: Paul says, becomes a tutor to take us to Christ. Well, We've just begun our series, Ten Keys to an Abundant Life. Continue the rest of this week We invite you to spend time with us This is Study verse by verse With Pastor Layton Sheely From Church of the Highlands Questions, comments If you're looking for information About the church or the radio program Visit our website Highlands.us That's Highlands.us well, Tomorrow we continue our look At one through three In the Ten Commandments Join us then